Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, I'm fired up as usual. It's 2019, and we've got another, yes, another new guest co-host for you here on the Live the Fuel podcast show. So I'm excited to bring this gentleman on because I'd say in the past six months to 12 months, my life as a podcaster got easier because of gentlemen and their organizations that we're going to talk about today. Uh, but that's a, that's a little teaser. I've, I've hinted about these types of, uh, we call them organizations, companies before. Uh, but this gentleman knows how to build an online business. Um, and you guys know I'm a huge marketing guy. So marketing at its heart is starting a conversation with someone who could be an ideal customer. And then drawing on his engineering, corporate, and e-commerce, and inbound marketing experience, he helps thought leaders, coaches, authors, speakers, you know, emerging brands like I like to work with, get featured on leading podcasts like this one here. And their ideal prospects are already listening to those. So he then helps them to turn listeners into customers. So without further ado, we've talked about these different types of platforms that are newer in 2018 as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but anyway, he's also the author of Podcast Guest Profits. So if you haven't figured this guy out by now, let's go ahead and bring him on. Our, today's our new guest co-host, Tom Schwab, sir. Welcome to the show. Scott, I am thrilled to be here. And, and real quick, just to help differentiate to the listeners, because I've mentioned a few of these different companies, we are talking about Tom Schwab, of the interview valet, ladies and gentlemen. And as a podcaster, it's really important to differentiate them because I only really look at three or four different versions and you guys have been really putting yourselves ahead of the pack. We'll just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, thank you. And it's, you know, uh, I'm here live from Kalamazoo, Michigan, which proves that you can do podcasts or podcast interviews from anywhere in the world. You know, we got, we got a team of 14 and uh, all those uh, nice things as you said, the credit goes out to the team. Uh, but uh, today work is what you do, not where you go. I was just emailing back one of your team actually today. So <laughs> you guys had a, had a new candidate for me to uh, to peruse. So, And my VA sent it over for my review, and I think I already accepted. So I can't remember who it was because you guys are busy and you have a lot of clients. So I just kind of roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> so so let, let, for our listeners, help them understand this. Obviously, this is going to be more of a business-themed podcast. We do talk about health, business, and lifestyle on this show and how our listeners might struggle throughout all that. But I think it's really powerful to share definitely some of the root behind how you came across this because you're also, obviously, a huge podcast fan and podcaster. So let's give them a little bit of roots, like how all of a sudden like Tom just decides, you know what, I'm going to create this Interview Valet platform and just help other people get connected. Well, I think it goes back a lot farther than that. You know, mm-hmm. To me, the richness of your life is the richness of your relationships, and when I was, was growing up, I uh, had a, um, this Mayberry type lifestyle, but I was never more than 100 miles away from where I grew up. And then once I turned 17, I was honored to, to go to the U.S. Naval Academy. And within a year, I had been around the world. And wow. it was just amazing to meet so many different people, uh, got out of the Navy, worked in corporate America, um, started running my own business. And one of the things that uh, struck me was that you know the old way of doing things you know um sales and marketing i always just scratched my head in that when people would say yeah half the money we spend is wasted we just don't know what half i'm like that's stupid it's 
pretty bad, and you are so right. I, I love and, people who are always like, well, uh, I want to do better on social media, so could you give me the, the hard numbers on that? And I'm like, a lot of it is not really hard numbers per se, guys. Like Everybody's got a different platform, a different entity, a different brand, a different target audience. I can keep going, right? Right. <laughs> and so with that, I'd read a, a book by two smart guys uh, that were out of MIT, Brian uh, Halligan and Darmesh Saw, called Inbound Marketing. They went on to start a company called HubSpot. And I thought, man, uh, this should work for the, my e-commerce business. I wanted to move it from a regional player to a national leader. Hmm. Um, uh, talked with them, and they're like, eh, nobody's really tried it for e-commerce, but it should work. Uh, so we tried it, and we were one of their early case studies. Built it up from a, a regional player to a national leader, sold that company off. And then about uh, five years ago, about uh, 2014, um, I started to think and thought, you know how we used to use guest blogs? to get in front of people. I wonder if you could use podcast interviews that same way, you know, instead of a, a blog, instead of putting it up on your own site, getting it out there in front of three people, um, put it on like the Huffington Post or someplace where the audience is, get that no like, and trust. So we started to test it with podcasts and podcast interviews and it worked. Nice. It worked really well. So we kept uh, testing it, refining it. And, uh, you know, I think the, the, best piece of fiction I've ever read or um, written was my five-year business plan, right? <laughs> Everything was perfect and up to the right. Uh, really, this was just a matter of listening to what the market was saying, what was working, uh, and uh, listening to the experts, which are the customers. And that's really brought us to uh, interview Valet today. You know, I, I love the fact you brought up the fact that like your five-year business plan didn't kind of cut through the, the BS and that, right? Like we all realized like, wait a minute, the five-year business plan isn't supposed to be rock solid. Well, no, of course not. You've life, just like life changes, business changes. And I actually, we just aired this, our first episode for 2019 uh, with, with Andre Young of you evolving. Now we discussed how, you know, life's path is meant to have some twists and turns. And if you're not already aware of that ahead of time, you're going to have some problems because people fight those twists and turns and they keep trying to stay perfectly on that path. And it's like, no, 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 no. The, the path is meant to shift. Your goals can still be there. Your dreams can still be there, but you got to be flexible with that path. Well, what do you think about that? Oh, very much so. And what you think is the right answer um, is an opinion, right? <laughs> You've got an opinion about my business. I've got an opinion about my business but the only experts are the customers. Yep. And that's one of the great things is every day they're telling us what they love and what they loathe. And you got to be smart enough, or I've got to be smart enough to double down on what they love and stop doing what they loathe. Uh, so from that standpoint, um, it, it's continually learning. And I think it's, um, it, it's a little bit vain when we look back and tell the story because it always looks like a straight, straight line and a, uh, uh, a four lane highway. And really, it was uh, anything but to get here. Yeah, uh, but I, it all makes sense. I love your point on the whole straight and the ups and downs and everything else. Because I, I was actually this week and I was going over some YouTube uh, analytics uh, for a client, and because they, they don't look at their own numbers, obviously, uh, which is why they pe need people like you and I. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> has anyone looked at the data? No, but we, we want to increase our views. I'm like, okay, well, have, let's look at the data. You know, you, what is your watch time? What is, what is your audience? Is it male versus female? Like, what, where's the demographics? What geography are you in? Time zones, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm putting together a whole report on that because if you look at it for all of 2019, 
you just see a lot of little lines. But then if you start breaking it up by quarter or by month, all of a sudden you see that the major fluctuations that were happening during that time. Well, then you could start doing things like quarterly overviews and saying, okay, which were the busier months, which was the busier weeks, what kind of content went out during that time, you know, that might have, you know, created these spikes, all this type of analysis. So, but a lot of people just point and hope. It just slaps wow. the stuff up there and they don't even look at the data. And I, I think sometimes too, we get so enamored with the tactics and the tools. Um, and to me, uh, the tools are just an amplifier, mm -hmm. right? They're an amplifier of your knowledge or your stupidity, your creativity or uh, <laughs> your, your ignorance. And I, I always think of a, a friend of mine, Dan Miller uh, from 48 Days, The Work You Love. He had a tree that got struck by lightning and he had an artist come in with a chainsaw and carved this beautiful eagle in it. I mean, the, the thing is gorgeous. Well, you know, that, that same winter, I took a chainsaw and just about took my leg off cutting wood. And it's like, it was the same tool. It was just that didn't know how to use it. And I think a lot of times we have these tools and are excited how to use them, mm -hmm. but we don't think about you know the right way to do it. Right. And so that's why right I'm guidance. a big strategy. strategy. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, I joke around all the time because I've spoken at the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference the past like two, three years. And I've come from the power of networking and connecting and finding the right influencers. And, and it's funny because nowadays, after all these years, I've been using the word networking for a long time. And now I don't even like that word anymore because I feel it truly is about those, the joyful connections, sustainable connections. It's not just like, because nowadays, I mean, it, LinkedIn's coming back into their own again. And I'm getting requests left and right. <laughs> I got people trying to friend me on Facebook. I got people trying to link in with me. And no one's taking the time to personalize their approach. It's, it's like I can read right between the lines. They're not building relationships. And that's what I talked about uh, one of the years at that conference was I was like, guys, like we, whether you have 50 downloads a day or 5,000 downloads a day or even more than that, it's not about the quantity of the downloads. It's the quality of the audience. And why not go on each other's shows? Like that was the biggest thing. And I'm not the only one talking about it. Other people, influencers like yourself are talking about it. And then a lot of people are like, well, how do you do that? <laughs> and it, to me, it's not that hard. I just, I, I, in the beginning, when I started this show, I would just tweet people. Like just get out of your comfort zone. Try tweeting, try, you know, direct messaging. Uh, you don't have to pick up the phone and call people all the time. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously you guys developed a much more I, professional approach. So. <laughs> yeah, but I still think... Going back, I think, you know, my grandfather would be better set for the future of business today than my grandchildren, mm. right? Because they will probably understand all the tactics, but won't understand the strategy. He understood the strategy, even if he doesn't understand what LinkedIn is, sure. you know, he, he would say, so you're telling me instead of going down to the, the country club? I can connect with people here and build relationships here. Right. He'd be like, this is genius. Whereas other people are just using it to, to spam people. And or, I think they're just trying to grow their quantity of connections because they're playing the numbers game, you know, but I, you know, I would still consider that and, and spam's a bad word, but I would use that because um, do I want to use you so I can say, Oh, I've got another follower here mm -hmm. um, is a vanity metric or do I want to add value to it? Um, it's like even somebody the other day asked me, what do I think of all the competition in the space? And I'm like, I don't see any competition in this space. I mean, there's, there's so many, 
this is growing so much, right? We've all got something to offer. We can all add value to it. I think the things that we all have to be worried about in anything that we're doing, um, marketing, business, what whatever our passion is, is the people that are doing it and not adding value to the system. Hmm. You know, those people that are robo uh, pitching, uh, the people that are trying to use other people, um, that's bad because that gives us all a bad name. You know, I get, I get pitched probably once or twice a day for my podcast and I don't have a podcast, but each one starts out, you know, we love your podcast and would love and want to be on it. And it's like, if you're going to lie to me, tell me I'm pretty. Yeah. That's, it's sad because they, they don't bother read. They see the keyword podcast, but they don't understand what it is you're doing. They didn't take, what is it? It takes a minute, two minutes just to dig a little deeper and see how, I, how you influence the podcasting world differently than I do. Like you and I aren't the same as far as our roles in the podcasting world. So. Exactly. And I, um, I, I think I'm on a list someplace. And, you know, so from that standpoint, if people are just trying to build relationships by buying lists, come on. How are you going to set yourself off away, apart from that? Well, and that same mistake has gone on for years. You, could, you can keep improving the technology, keep launching things like podcasting, right? That mistake was going on before podcasting. It's just morphed into a different platform. And to your point, the people doing that, I, I like to kind of basically relate them as users. You're you're just serving the community or the world or business as a user instead of a provider. And I think it's all of our responsibilities if you're a professional to find a way to ma- to balance that. And it's okay to be a user because you still have to you know build a business, but. What are you doing also to provide back? What are you doing to, be, to provide back to that other podcast show or that other platform? Like every time I have somebody come on my show who is another podcaster, I try and think of who else I can get them connected with. I think that's my responsibility. So I'm and, different. <laughs> uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, you know, um, what is it? Um, jab, 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 right hook. Right I probably hook, missed yeah. it. Um, missed a couple jabs in there. I look at it as like serve, 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 ask. You know, if you go to a networking event, just don't go and hand out all your business cards to people. Get to know them. Ask, how can I help you? And you start out with a podcaster and say, how can I help you? Start out with a prospect and say, hey, happy 2019. You know, uh, how can I help you achieve your goals? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough other people achieve their goals, you'll achieve yours. Mm-hmm. And so often, if you start with that that question of how can I help you, people are nice. They're going to start back with that same question and say, well, how can I help you? And, and I think that's what people, the the rookies will we'll call. And actually, to be fair, I've met some people that should not be rookies. And I, I the way they act and the way they perform is rookie. Uh, like, for example, not tomorrow night, two nights from now, I'm going to this private like VIP party, they do it every quarter for this magazine that I, I've been writing for for the past year. They asked me to start, they, they're, they're like a business-focused magazine, but they know me as the crazy health and fitness lifestyle junkie guy besides being in business. So they said, hey, mm-hmm. would you mind ever consider writing an article on healthy lifestyle? And they wanted to create like a lifestyle division of the magazine. And I was like, you know what? Let me get, let's get outside of my comfort zone. I've never asked them for any business leads, referrals. I'm just going to write for them and see what happens. And I did it once and then I did it again. And now I've been in like five issues. I'm going to another one. But the last time I went to one of their release parties, just like you explained it, this woman just comes walking up and I can see her from across the room. She's got a wad of business cards right there in her hand, 
like like it's a badge of honor or something. And she's just walking up and boom, pass, 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 pass. And I'm waiting for her to come up. And she comes up to me and she's just like, hey guys, I'm just hitting my goal today. Want to get out 50 cards here tonight. And I was like, Whoop. I put my hand up and I said, you've already lost me. I don't understand. Like, so what are you doing? And she's like, well, I, I just said, I'm, I'm here just trying to make some connections, put my card out there. I'm like, I don't even know your name. And you're trying to tell me that I'm supposed to take your card. And I said, that's the where I was 10 years ago. I was like, I, I, I have a more important conversation going on. Maybe we'll catch up later and you can start this over. And I literally turned and, and completed my other conversation. I wasn't trying to be rude. I was trying to actually just give her a little bit of a lesson. You can't just jam your card in my face and expect me to take it. Because also I'm going to do is I'm going to go throw it out. And it was real estate. Classic real estate. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not looking at buying. I'm not looking at selling. My property right now, I'm turning into an investment property. And then we're buying another house. So while I'm not going to sell. So, and her whole car was about selling your next property. I'm like, I'm not going to sell. I'm, a, I'm an investor. <laughs> I'm, I'm not your target audience. <laughs> but, but don't you see that on online too, where oh. people will say, it's not scalable. Um, I've got to do something that's, that's totally scalable because um, I've got to, you know, build my list by this amount. And it's like, well, what about customers? No, I'm just focused on, you know, building some numbers, some vanity number. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got 10,000 followers. Okay, but what's the quality of those 10,000 followers? Like I have people, like my, my Instagram, I, I've grown my client's Instagram better than my own. Like I've taken in from 3,000 to over 10,000. Uh, mine, I have like, I don't know, I'm approaching 2,000, I don't care. But the quality of those, like I have comments on almost every single post, I have people DMing me back. So those are, that's an interactive following. And I'm always trying to repost some other people's content into my feed too. So it's not always mine. So they know that I'm willing to share their content. Like I actually email my, my podcast guests after the show and I send them the, the images of the show episode ready to go. Like you will get this, you guys will get mm -hmm. an Instagram ready version of my art that I do with your headshot. Because I said, like, listen, if you guys beat me to the punch and you get that up before I do, I, and you tag me, I, when, it's, when it's time to roll into my content cycle, I'll repost your post. I don't need to generate all the new content myself. I'm happy to pull it out of your feed. And people think that's like the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> like, it's well, not and that's sort of that, that give, give, give. You know, if, if you yeah. give that to somebody, they're going to post it, right? Who, who wouldn't? It's like, wow, you put my picture on something. I love that. And I made I'm it ready, like it ready for your platforms. So. And it, ready and easy there. I, I remember speaking at an event and it was at a, at a panel and uh, somebody on the panel said, you need to have 50 new leads every day. And I looked and I said, I couldn't handle 50 new customers no. every day. And she said, well, not 52 customers, just 50 new leads. And I'm like, why would I want them as leads if they couldn't be great customers? Yeah. Are you just trying to waste time? <laughs> uh, when you were saying, when you were saying the 50 business cards, I was like, uh, yeah, that would, that's the, that the online version of what you saw. It's, and a sad thing is you're right. It's, it's digitally everywhere. Um, especially it's, it's interesting. So we're bringing this up. I'm wondering, have you ever looked at the, the click funnel craze? I have, and we had a client, and there's a great book out there uh, called Clicksand, How Digital Marketing is Ruining Your Business uh, by Bill Troy. And I think people will come back and point to that book and say he was the first one that said the emperor has no clothes. And his point was is that uh, a lot of what is being 
sold is vanity metrics and it's hurting your business. I, I love how he said in there that uh, whales don't click and um, big fish don't go through funnels. Right. Uh, if you think you're going to sell the uh, uh, the CEO or the CFO of a company um, on your tripwire product in order for him to come in and then, you know, give you that that million dollar contract, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like I, I target that's way I've always been in all my sales and marketing careers. I've always targeted the CEOs. So I'm not playing. I'm not trying to play in the small fish world. I will to if I have to, depending on the. Depending on the pipeline that's being established, you might have to build up through the pipeline and, and build those relationships along the mm -hmm. way. And it's a much longer sales cycle, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a much more rich process because you're building relationships and you're respecting the people in that lineup. Uh, but to your point, uh, uh, most click funnels that I've studied, it, it, I, I see the point. I see why it could happen. And I really connect it more to the general consumer market. A buddy of mine owns a CrossFit gym, and he literally brought this up today. And he said, hey, what are you doing on ClickFunnels? He's like, I'd love to work with you if you could work with me and help me get my ClickFunnel in place. And I said, why? And he said, well, because I'm not trying to get a ton of members. And I said, well, then why do you want a ClickFunnel? Because most ClickFunnels are, are playing the law of averages. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, that's my point. He's like, I need your strategy to help me figure out how to really hone this, this funnel so it does weed out all the wrong people. So that, it really got me thinking because I'm like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a tool like anything else. And the tools are like back to your chainsaw point, the tools are best, best utilized depending on your skill and what you're using behind it. So I don't know. I think maybe a click funnel platform could be used the right way if it's built out the right way and you're not and trying to get like a hundred leads a day. And I think if you're trying to get a transaction or a relationship, right? If you're starting to to start with a transaction, it's a great place to get a transaction. But mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you will build a relationship there. And yeah. I've had this discussion with a lot of people, you know, you can't build your business on referrals, right? Is what they everybody says. Mm. If you're if you're Google or Apple, I would agree with you. But I mean, where we get most of our business is referrals, Word you know, up. more than two thirds of our business comes from referrals, podcasters, uh, hearing a guest and saying, Hey, you should work with interview valet or one podcast host introducing us to another podcast host. And I would say, is that scalable? I don't know, but I know it'll get us through our goals for the next three or four years. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, the clients that we get, um, are, are much better. Um, just the the relationship there it builds the relationship each time so would you say i mean and actually you know what? excuse me excuse to do some screen sharing here so ladies and gentlemen who are watching on the video uh and actually listening in i already interviewed it's interviewvalet.com so with your platform and what you've done we've already kind of hinted like you're you're here to serve the podcasting community and i i feel multiple domains whether you are a podcaster and you're looking to gain more exposure, they can work with you. Or you're an author or a, a, a public speaker, and you're trying to build more brand awareness by getting on more podcasts. I, I know that's a very short summation, but I'm sure. sure you could build better on that. But is that something, like obviously people go to your site, there's no funnel that pops up. Because as you just hinted, you don't really need it. You're playing the power of word of mouth marketing. And the other thing is that we used to have a buy now button very early on there. Oh. Uh, you know, where somebody would come and they, they could sign up right away. We took that off because at the end of the day, we don't want just another um, client. We just don't want another sale. We want somebody that's going to be a great customer 
And so we want to talk with them beforehand to make sure that they're a good fit for us, you know, that they've got the, the message, the market, the machine. We want to be able to tell them um, that you would be a great client for us and you would get great uh, results with podcast interview marketing. Then we send them the link. So it's a, it's a different, different business model. Mm. Well, and I like that because like, I mean, when people do go first your site, you do have an option saying, hey, download 10 tips to be a great guest. I love that because trust me, I'm usually having to coach a few people along the <laughs> path to be a better guest. And I sometimes have to work harder as a host to make, make them look better as guests, right? Because I'm not interviewing people. My whole theme is I want people to be the guest co-host. I want us to share the responsibility and have a great two-way conversation. That way, if all of a sudden you had a question, like you can ask it because you're the co-host. So, well, and even... Uh, like uh, even people that are media trained, mm -hmm. podcasts are different. Oh, yes. Um, uh, you know, we work with Lockheed Martin and HubSpot, you know, publicly traded companies. And you've got to remind people that this is not a news program. Mm -hmm. Don't talk in 30 second sound bites. Um, I would do awful on television because I can't get an answer in, in under two minutes. And you think about, you know, most appearances are probably a two minute or three minute appearance. So they ask you a minute's worth of question. You better be succinct and to the point. Podcasts, it's, I always tell people, it's like listening in on two people that are sitting at Denny's having breakfast. You know, it'd be rude to turn around and start watching them. Um, and it'd be rude to get into that conversation. But you just love sitting there listening to it. And so that's what it should be, an authentic conversation. It's, it's supposed to have a, a certain a level of intimacy, and that's one thing that drew me to podcasts. Besides the fact that it's digital content, you can pause and come back later. Um, I, I love being able to speed it up or slow it down depending on the app you're using. Uh, because some people, I do have to slow down because they talk very, very fast. But most of the time, I'm doing like a 1.25 or a 1.5 times normal speed because I'm just that used to it now. My fiance gets in the car and hears that. And she's like, could you put that back to normal? I, how do you consume? And I said... <laughs> I'm a voracious consumer of audible books and, and podcasts. So I've trained myself to go a little faster. So. You know, Brad, I got, <laughs> I, I got to admit when we first started talking here, you sounded so much different because I'm used to listening to you at one and a half times speed See? as I, as I run at half X speed. Mm -hmm. But for me, you know, I've got some ADHD probably <laughs> and my mind wanders. So if I can listen to a podcast at like one and a half or two times speed or a book, I can, I can follow it a whole lot better. And I think that's an amazing thing with digital content. You can watch or watch or listen where you want, when you want, and even at the speed you want. How cool is that? It's so cool. And I've always liked to remind people that I know it's not about the quantity, right? We just got done discussing the importance of quality over quantity, but I love going back into like the Stitcher radio app because that's my favorite app. And I go and I pull the stats up, like all the content that I've consumed. And the only reason why I do that from time to time on social media is to show people like, listen, it's up to you how you want to use your free time in the day. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember who wrote a great article on this a couple of years ago, but they showed through the power of consuming digital content, whether it be YouTube, university, podcasts, audiobooks, in our free time, you could literally be at the consuming multiple college degrees worth of knowledge and people still had this excuse verbally saying, oh, well, I don't have time to learn that, or I don't have time to go back to school. Well, okay, let's take, let's take the structured institutions out of the equation. 
we all have the ability to make time. It's our choice to -hmm. become more passionate about self-development, personal development, professional development, whichever chapter you want to dig into. What are your feelings on that? I I totally agree with you. Um, Today, if you were ignorant or isolated, it's by choice. Hmm. Right. Um, information is out there readily available. It's it's out there free. Um, people are out there to connect with. And you've got your choice. And I, I'm not going to make judgments on anybody. Right. No, no. If, if you love 80s rock and you want to listen to 80s rock all the time, that's fine. Personally, I'm curious. And, you know, it's do I want to learn? I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious. I want to learn different things. Um, and to me, that's interesting. And I think it's so amazing. Um, is that now we get to learn in the way we want. So, um, you know, looking back and when I was doing formal education, I would go to the classes, not because I just had to be there, but that's how I learned mm-hmm. watching it being done on the board, hearing the professor. If I sat there all night and, and read the book, I'd never get it. I agree. So, so it's just, I'm a different type of learner. And some people love to sit down with a book. I, I feel like sometimes I'm lying now when people, you know, when I claim that I read one to two books a week and it's like, really, I listen to one to two books a week, but it's the same thing. Uh, I, I listen to some in, or listen, I read some in print, but to me, it's just getting the, the information there. So I think um, it's readily available. If people want to choose to do it, they can. Um, and uh, But like you said, everybody's got the same amount of time every day. Well, this is why back, oh gosh, let's see. As you and I are recording this today, I aired episode 243. So within the next two weeks, I'll have 250 shows up online. Uh, that's all less than three years. It's We just, we just got over the two-year mark. I think we're approaching two and a half. And... I'm reminded of uh, when I went back to school as an adult student, I was studied marketing and, and psychology. And I learned about the VAC method, V-A-K, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. So that's why back on like episode 50, 51, I decided to adopt using this Zoom platform so I could start recording video as well. Is video-based podcast as popular today? Not yet, but they're getting there. And the reason why is because I know that psychologically, there's different learners. You just helped us understand that you weren't, you were more of a kinesthetic learner, uh, as well as visual. You have to go to the class. I'm the mm-hmm. same way sitting there and brain dumping or brain trying to sponge a, a textbook. I would rather punch myself in the face. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, not to get violent, but I'm like, I'm sorry. That does not sound enjoyable. And then fast forward to today. Uh, I, I, I like to fully immerse myself into it. And that's the beauty of like when I'm traveling on business, that's why I love. I love audio content. But nowadays, people do the same thing because now you got YouTube Red. If you have YouTube Red versus the traditional YouTube app, you pay for that. You can now play the YouTube in the background while you're on a different app. You could have Google Maps going in your car, and so you don't have. You're no longer just restricted to a podcast app. You could play it on YouTube Red and still listen in the background while you're doing other things. And I thought that was super cool. And I wanted to get in early on that because it also gives me an excuse to just publish more stuff to YouTube. So, And, and dip, people are different, right? Mm-hmm. There's some people that, like Gary Vaynerchuk was one of those early ones that did a podcast and a video. Well, some people just want to watch him talk. Yeah. So they'll do that. Um, somebody asked me one time, well, you know, what's podcast now? 40% of the US population yeah. listens to podcasts. They said, when do you think it'll get to 100%? I'm like, why? Who cares? 40% oh, of the population. That's a lot. Well, I, I looked at it and said, you know, radio, television, and newspaper 
never got to 100%. It will never get to 100%. I mean, deaf people will never listen to podcasts, but there's certain people that will. And I remember a client uh, of ours said that he loved using podcast interviews to get to his customers because he said back in the day, if he walked into an office and saw on their desk books, he knew this is my kind of customer mm. because they were learning. They were um, they were trying to better themselves. Uh, they were early adopters. And he's like, it's the same way with podcast interviews right now. You know, some people are there and, you know, God love them. They're listening to, to 80s rock. Mm-hmm. There's other people that are like, I need to learn this. I want to learn this. What's new and exciting. And he's like, that's the people that I want to talk to. Uh, and that was me. I, I never get, I never got overly obsessive about music. Obviously when I was younger, I had a big CD collection <laughs> before I, I ripped all the CDs and turned everything into digital content. But then, yeah, once you find podcasts or audiobooks, it just morphed. And the only time I turn on a Pandora app in my car is when my fiance is in the car if we just don't want to listen to a Joe Rogan because she loves Joe Rogan's podcast. So uh, she won't listen to mine. So well, we already live together. She hears me enough. <laughs> so, um, but back to your point on the voracious consumer of knowledge. It, it, back to your point on, on physical books versus digital books, for example. So I love it because you guys have referred me a couple of people who are authors. And I love it when they send the book. But admittedly, I'm always like, ooh, do you have it on Audible? Because I will consume your book faster if it's digitally available. And there's still so many authors out there that haven't caught on to that craze yet. So I'm always kind of coaching uh, the authors who haven't done it. I'm like, hey, just if you haven't thought about it, find a way to get that digital version done. You just need to. Because people like me, I'll skim your physical book, but I because I have a podcast show, there's just... It's just not possible. I'm not going to, I tell them, I'm not going to sit down and read your whole book. I can't. It's not the kind of learner I am. It's no disrespect to you. I will skim through. I want to learn more about you. I'll dig into your website to prepare for the show out of respect. But to sit down and physically read your book, it better be a book that I've been wanting to find for two years. (laughs) Because the best way for me to consume is digitally. And that's that's why I have a huge Audible library. It's ridiculous. So... I don't know well, about you. <laughs> Scott, not to bring politics into this, but I'm I'm more of a libertarian, right? Yeah. You do what you want. I'll do what I want. Right. But it, it, when I got to be emperor of the world, um, I would say that any book that has to be released has to be released, you know, in Braille for blind people, uh, in print for most people, and then in Audible for you and me. Because yeah. I'm the same way. I'll, I'll get excited about a book, and then I'll go to Amazon and go, oh, shoot. Yep. It's not available. Drives me oh, crazy. Drives me crazy. I don't, I don't have the time to, to actually flip pages. Well, because something else unique that I do is when I'm listening to somebody's podcast, I will tweet the episode. I notice a lot of people don't, like if you go into the podcast app or Audible, they give you a share button. And you could share where you're at in the show or in the book, or you could just share the book or the podcast in general. And I, I, I do that just out of respect to my fellow podcasters. Like if I'm taking the time to listen to your show, and there's some shows that I regularly listen to, I share their content all the time. And here's a powerful lesson to the listeners, and Tom's going to love this. One of my newest clients that I picked up last year is a very successful podcaster. I think he's going on seven years. He's now my client because he's known me for years because I tweet every single episode. I have been the loyal listener. I've listened to every show he's ever done. This guy's got over 1200 shows online now. And eventually he reached out to me because I'm always posting so much on social media. And he's just like, Hey, you understand this stuff more than I do. Let's talk. 
And now he's one of my social media marketing clients. <laughs> Why? So, because I listen to his show and I share. And you built a relationship. That's it. Line service. Yeah. And, also, and I, I wasn't even expecting that. Like he called me out of the blue because I had been on his show then and he had been on my show and we already had that relationship. And then it got to a point where he wanted to do a crowdfunding campaign and, and his person he was going to try and use like bailed and quit. And then they all thought like, who else do we know? And that, I guess they thought of me and he called me out of the blue the one day. So and I, I wonder if he'd ever listened to your podcast, because I think there's a power in hearing somebody's voice. You know, going back to the book there is one thing for me just to to read a book by an author. But when I actually hear them reading the book, hmm. you know, now there's so much more of an engagement there. Or if you hear them presenting the book at a keynote speech, you know, uh, you understand it so much more there. And I, I think that that voice, there's something about us that that builds a relationship like printed words don't. You are preaching to the choir, sir, because I, I, I'm finishing a book now, my first book. And I already told everybody, like, I, I'm a podcaster, so of course I'm going to do my own voiceover. And people are like, why? That's why professional voiceover artists exist. And I said, because it's my book, I can't tell you how many books that I've consumed digitally. I connect so much stronger with the actual author. And he he did the same thing with his book. Before he launched his podcast, his book was called Fitness Confidential. His show's called Fitness Confidential. I consumed his book. And I have it mm -hmm. physically and I have it digitally. But he read the book. And the advantage of that, too, is that's your opportunity as the author to maybe throw in a few extra pieces that you couldn't put into the written form. And I love that, that little extra bonus. But you build a relationship differently with the author. So I don't understand why so many people are being coached by publishing companies to hire a professional voiceover person. I'm like, I, I get it. If your voice is really boring, maybe. <laughs> You know, and there's a there's a point for him. You know, sure. uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, if he read my book or something, hmm. it would sound great. But then people would actually hear me or come to hear me speak at a keynote, yeah. and they'd be like, "Who's this joker?" Yeah. So I think it's sort of uh, being authentic. And you know, I've had this discussion. You know, which is more uh, builds a relationship more, video or audio? And I don't know. Um, Depends uh, on the relationship, it, I guess. Right? Yeah. And I, I, I guess, you know, I, being being with somebody, uh, to actually see them shake their hand and stuff like that, that's at a, another level. But I think there's something to be said about just audio. Mm -hmm. You know, when you've got somebody in your ears and there's no other um, voices there, um, that's, that's something different than uh, a YouTube video where I've got five different browsers open and pop-ups and um, I'm multitasking while I do it. I, I agree with you. It, it's interesting because uh, he, he's even talked about that um, where he'll go to a conference and he could be in another circle talking to people and people have heard his voice and they're like, Oh, he's here somewhere, <laughs> you know, and they'll, yeah. they'll track you down. They haven't fit. They haven't visually seen you, but they'll hear you. And he says it's even happened to him at the gym. Like he'll be talking to somebody, he's working out, he'll say something, and somebody nearby is like, wait a minute, I recognize that voice. And they've never visually seen him, ever. And like, wait a minute, are, are you Vinny? Like, that's his name. He's like, he's uh -huh. like, yeah. He's like, oh, I recognize your voice. So, very interesting. So people and are if, listening. <laughs> if you have a voiceover artist, uh, and I don't know, even if you've got a, a strange voice, mm -hmm. it's your voice. That's true. You know, There's that personalization, that's what we're talking about it. here. But you, you have a valid point from earlier in the show where you said, well, 
you sound different because I listened to you at 1.5. So, cause I listened to him at 1.5 <laughs> and I've noticed that whenever he and I have a normal conversation, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's actually what he sounds like. It's still close, but there's definitely a clear difference because when I have a one-on-one conversation with him, I'm like, wow, this, this conversation is taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> So, would you get to would you get to the point here? Yeah, I'm like, hey man. Usually when I listen to your show, I'm like, I'm breezing through. Like this is taking forever. Like let's look, can I 1.5 times you right now? So and that's uh, a, that's something we teach our clients too. It's like you have to set your pace for the host. So if the host is a fast talker, mm. set the same pace there. If he's a slow talker, slow down to him because if I'm used to listening to you at one and a half times speed, and your guest is too fast. He's wrong. Mm. Uh, it's not that I've got to change my my um, setting on that, and it just. I appreciate that that the res- you're showing respect, obviously, to the hosts or the owners of the shows, and so that's interesting because I didn't I didn't learn that obviously, or maybe I just there's so much you guys were doing, I wasn't really paying attention to that one component. But and I apologize, but so you guys actually do coach your clients on how to be better podcasters, or sorry, podcast guests. So yeah, um, yes. And, now, is that you standard know, across the board or is that upon request? It's standard across the board and different people need different things. I mean, we've got some that are, you know, uh, spokespersons for Fortune 500 companies. Other ones are um, authors that are just starting out. You know, some of them, uh, you know, are, are keynote uh, presenters. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you take them all through the same thing. But as we do practice interviews, we'll point that out. Here's some different things to do. Um, because podcasting is different than other mediums. So do you feel that, uh, I've always wondered about this, so obviously you, you're taking three people through mock interviews. Now, obviously if somebody's a brand new author and they're new to the podcasting space, they're definitely going to benefit from something like that. I don't, I don't care who you are. I love that. But let's say somebody finds you through a referral, maybe I refer them or whatever, and they're a podcaster, and they've already been on other podcast shows. They're just trying to automate this process. Like, you know what, I don't have time. Mm-hmm to track this down. I'm just going to have Tom's team just do it for me. It's awesome turnkey. Now, obviously the coaching will shift a little bit there, right? It, it will. And also based on what their goals are of it. Okay. You know, what, what are they trying to do? Uh, we've got some clients that work with us just for the SEO value of all the backlinks. Mm-hmm. And so from that standpoint, they may not be interested in all the best practices they're, they're just happy um, you know, to get more ba- more shows. They're they're playing well. Pardon this. They're they're playing the quantity game. They're trying to get on more platforms, right? Um, yes, but also the quality. So, okay. what kind of backlink is that worth? Mm-hmm. So, for them, um, if somebody doesn't go from being a listener to a visitor to a lead, that's okay because that's not what they were trying to do. Okay. Um, and so, from that standpoint, like one of the examples here that's a uh, different digital marketing. Is one call to action, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody will tell you, never give them more than one call to action. At a time. At, at, at a time, yeah. on a page, anything like that. Um, and I would totally agree with that. But podcast interviews are not digital marketing. Mm-hmm. With that, it's more like selling from the stage. You've got to meet people where they are. And so one of the things we've continually tested, and it's continually proved out is meet people where they are. Give them a small yes. Give them a medium yes. Give them, you know, the heck yes. Whereas if they want to come with credit card in hand to talk to the wizard, don't slow them down in a funnel. 
And so, you know, we, we coach our clients on that, you know, a small yes could be, you know, just a, a free infographic, a personal assessment. The one I use a lot of times is just, Hey, here's a PDF, the nine secrets to get on your first podcast interview. You know, the medium yes can be, um, an infographic, um, a webinar, those work really good to build the relationship. The one I usually use is just a free copy of my book. And then, you know, the big one is uh, the heck yes, is if they buy something. Now, depending what client you have, you know, if, if your average engagement is in the, you know, tens of thousands of dollars or above, you're not just going to put a buy now button on there. Right. So for like, uh, us, we just, you know, our, our big thing is just, Hey, let's do a discovery call. Let's, you know, if you liked what you heard, let's do a discovery call and, and see how we could work together. See, in my experience, I'm intrigued to hear your feedback on this. Cause I, I, myself, I, I don't go to people's websites. So when I listen to a podcast, I'll look at the show notes in the app a little bit. And then if I can, if I can differentiate a link, maybe I'll use that. But so I look at it as, I always, I tell all my clients in the forum, like, give me all your links. I'm going to put them in the show notes. That way for that small percentage of people who might physically go to the website, or I have some people who actually listen to the show from the website, they don't use apps. So Mm -hmm. some people are (laughs) anti-app. That's why I have a player and a recorder and everything on the site. That way people can just listen to it right there. So obviously those are great because they're on the site. They're listening to it. They can be scrolling through the blog page that came with the podcast and all that stuff will be beneficial. So they can see promo links or free downloads or whatever. But I would say, I mean, I'm I'm interested to hear your feedback on this, but I would think that a larger percentage are just like me. They're on the app. If, if they were really drawn to what they heard about, they'll take a mental note. Oh, I gotta, I gotta go find that link or I gotta go to that link. But more often than not, they're just listening to the episode. And so you're, you're, the biggest thing I'm going to see out of all that in the podcasting world is the power of just backlinking in general, increasing the SEO, because it drives me nuts when I see a podcaster who doesn't have a website and they're not publishing pod podcast blog posts. And I'm like, you just, you're just trusting the audio world and that's it. And that's not enough. Well, and I always say there's three types of people that hear me on a podcast. Okay. Uh, the first ones say Tom's an idiot. <laughs> okay, that's that's fine. I, you know, I'm not making any judgments about them, but I guarantee you, they're not a good customer for me, right? That's fine. The second type are the ones that listen and go, "Wow, Tom, that's that's interesting what they're doing with interview valet with podcast interview marketing," but they don't have a need right now. Hmm. And then there's that third uh, type that listen and go, "Wow, you know, he gets me. He helps companies like me. I want to find out more." And at the end of the day, like we were talking about before, you don't need more leads, you need more customers. Mm -hmm. So they almost um, self-select there. And we did a study a a long time ago uh, that traffic from podcast interviews converts 25 times better than blogs. Mm -hmm. And that that study is misquoted so many times. What do you think think that is? uh, Once you think about it, if, if I go to a blog and just read it a little bit, I don't know anything about that, right? When I first went to it. So a good blog will convert one to 2%. If I've heard somebody on a podcast interview and I've listened to them for 30 or 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. I'm a hot lead, right? I already know lots about this company, what they do, who this person is. They've been introduced to me by a friend who's the podcast host. Mm -hmm. That is like hot traffic. So you don't, 
So you expect that to, to convert, you know, if they're coming to your website, you'd expect it to convert, you know, 25%, 50%, 75%, you know, yeah. um, it's almost like the same thing. If, if, if we're together at, at a, uh, a party and you pull somebody over and introduce me to them and for 30 or 45 minutes there, we, um, we talk and the person's engaged and listens and doesn't walk away, you know, they're going to convert a whole lot better than blog traffic. That, that's what I try and do at events. Like I'll be doing in, in a couple of nights, that little VIP launch party is I'm bringing guests with me that have not come to these events. So every, every, every three months or whatever it is when they have this party for the next issue, I always invite new people and I help them get connected. I'm not trying to get anything out of it. I just like being, instead of a networker, I like being a connector. Connector. Right. So that way, because I'm actually bringing people that have never been to an event like this. Uh, one of the people coming with me is somebody that I recently helped run a GoFundMe for to help. This kid lives with uh, cerebral palsy. He has an amazing story about himself. Um, he, he, he was born in Russia with cerebral palsy. He was seen as an outcast. A book was written about his horrific childhood. There's things over there called baby houses that basically when parents disown their children, they throw you in there kid was tortured. He was burned. I mean, it was awful. But wow. this woman here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, uh, basically rescued him, adopted him, got him out of Russia. And now he's going to local Penn State University campus here. He's, he's, he's trying to make a positive shift in his life. And a, a mutual friend met, met him. And that, that guy reached out to me. And he's like, Scott, I want to help this kid get a bike. And he said, I was like, what do you mean? He's got cerebral palsy. He's like, no, 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 a hand bike. So my buddy and I were both huge cyclists. So, but he doesn't know anything about social media. And I was like, listen, let's line him up on a podcast. Let's, uh, let's use a crowdfunding platform like GoFundMe. He, mm -hmm. he was just going to, he just wanted me to go live on Facebook with him because he likes my style. He's like, I just want you to go live on Facebook and then people can send me a check. And I was like, no, no, no. That's not how it works nowadays. <laughs> I was like, I was like, we need to use social media in its most powerful way. Live video. Yes. Easy donation. Yes. Five, 10 bucks a pop. Yes. We crushed the fundraising goal in the first 48 hours. We, all we wanted to do was raise $1,100 to buy this kid a bike, uh, and then which is already on order. We ended up raising over 3000 over four days. So Because now I'm going to take all the extra money raised, and I'm going to help this kid create his own, his own 501c3 because he wants to give back to others. So awesome. it's become an even bigger project. But, I mean, back to what we're talking about here, like I was – he, that guy knew that I have a few skill sets that he didn't have. And so he reached out to me and he wanted to see how I can get them connected. And sure enough, I'm connected to a lot of other people. One of which is a big successful family in this area. And they donated a thousand dollars themselves because I didn't even know that they had a cousin who lives with cerebral palsy. So they chose this as a, you know what? We're a very successful family. We have a family member that lives with cerebral palsy too. We want to get back on the holidays. So all these things, they just keep spinning and now we're going to be yep. following up this year and you don't know where that's going to go. I mean, I'll probably end up having somebody from that family on the podcast too. Uh, so it's just, it's, that's the power of, I don't know, organic marketing, if you will, right? There's no underlying mission. It's just, we want to do good. Let's attract people who like to do good and let's see what happens. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned a word in there um, of connection and Scott, I think that is the most powerful gift that you can ever give to somebody, right? To introduce them to a new person or a new idea. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of times think, how do you build relationships? Well, relationships are built with trust, with time, sometimes even with gifts. Now, 
I'm a huge coffee drinker. If you send me a $5 Starbucks card, um, it will not go to waste. But you know what? A week from now, I won't remember who bought me that cup of coffee. But by you introducing me to a different idea or a different story that I'll tell, or, you know, I'll forever be indebted to the person that introduced me to my bride, Hmm. you know, didn't cost them anything, but forever they'll be a hero in my eyes. So, you know, um, you know, I think there's a value in that. And with podcasting here, you're introducing people to different people, different ideas, and doesn't cost you to do anything to do that. You know, when you ask people, who can I help? How can I help you? Who can I introduce you to? Uh, it doesn't cost you anything, but man, that brings so much value. Well, and I think that's what our, I think we're on the same page here now is that we're trying to get through to people is that networking is about powerful connection, powerful connecting practices, not just growing your network and having 2000 connections or whatever it is. Pure networking is just like you explained. It's the relationship it's setting sustainable connections that hopefully can bring around positive change, not just, oh, let me see how many people I can get you connected with or networked with. Like, no, no, it's, it's, it's quality over quantity. And that's the beauty of your platform, Interview Valet, is that, now granted, if I was an author or a speaker and I was looking to use your services, yeah, you're an entrepreneur. You're doing something that I don't know how to do. It's a pay-to-play platform. But you're taking what we just discussed to a much higher level. You're actually improving basically like a podcast PR firm almost. I don't know if you guys play around with those words or not, but you're basically growing their public relations efforts in the podcasting world, teaching them to be better interviewees or better podcasters, uh, getting their brand out there better with the right platforms and the right connections, keyword connections. My, my mom describes it as I'm a podcasting matchmaker and, um, she, uh, uh, when I wrote the book, she wanted a copy of it. And so I gave her a copy and then she said, but you didn't sign it. So I signed the copy. She read it and she came back to me and she says, honey, I'm proud of you, but I still don't understand what you do. She has no idea what a podcast is. And I basically explained to her that, mom, I introduce people that should know each other for the betterment of all. And really that's our mission at Interview Valet is to personally introduce inspiring thought leaders to millions of ideal customers that they could serve for the betterment of all. Hmm. And so my mom said, well, I'm proud of you. That's nice that you introduce uh, introduce people uh, that should know each other. And I think she's scratching her head and going, how does he make money doing this? And she still tell, tells her all her friends that uh, I'm an engineer because that's what my undergrad's in. Well, uh, we have something in common. I was, I was supposed to be an engineer. So, <laughs> well, I mean, so listen, this has been a great hour, man. I just realized time is flying by and I want to respect your schedule and my schedule, but that's, that's the beauty of what we do, right? You're doing it at a much different level than I do, but that's, that's part of the under, underlying principles of a good podcast show is getting quality content and quality thought leaders out to the masses and just helping get, share their story and their messaging. And even if you get through to five people versus 500, that's five people that now know something they've been, they didn't realize they're going to be passionate about. And now they could become obsessed with that healthy lifestyle or that business idea or that new form of, of fitness. I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, but listen, we got to bring the show to a close cause I've got a big night of more podcasts coming up. Um, Thanks to you. So <laughs> is there is there an all-encompassing message that you would like to use to kind of close us out, like the final words as the guest co-host to leave behind something powerful to our listeners? You guys have a big picture going on, but uh, what's big for you in 2019 you want to share? 
I, I guess what it comes down to is something I learned a long, long time ago. Um, what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. And I think we all underestimate what we know. And I can think of back when I was in the Navy, you could tell somebody that was new on the aircraft carrier because they would climb all the way up to the superstructure to watch the planes take off and land. And then after about three days, you're like, eh, it's normal. I'm not going to do all that. But yet you get off the ship and people like, do you watch the planes? No, it's just ordinary to me. We underestimate what we know. And uh, just remember, what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. And today, it's never been easier to share that with somebody, to help them with it. As a podcast host, as a podcast guest, um, on social media, whatever you do, you know, help people, connect with them, uh, introduce a new person, a new idea to them. Uh, it'll make their life better, and it'll make your life better, too. I love that message, Tom. Well, listen, hang tight. I'm giving you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to throw up one last little screen share here again. For the listeners, it's interviewvalet.com. We'll obviously have all this stuff posted on the on the blog article, as we've already coached you guys on today, is please publish blog articles. So again, powerful words to leave you behind with here in 2019. Uh, I, I'm so honored to be able to have Tom on the show today. Again, we're really here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. We obviously focus a lot on business today, but there's definitely a lot of little hidden lifestyle gems that came out of this. So uh, get out of your comfort zone, ladies and gentlemen. Why don't you get on a new podcast and try something new? So again, ladies and gentlemen, we fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. You too can live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.